Good morning. It's always awesome to be able to worship and to, um, even, even though we can't be together as a uh, body or as people together right now, it's good that we can um, in some way come together, our hearts join together, and through uh, the Spirit, Jesus said, you will worship me when you worship me in spirit and in truth. And so we're doing that. And uh, that's, in God's eyes, I think that's what's most important is that our hearts are set on him. That he is our refuge. He is our rock. In the songs we just sang, uh, that he is Christ. He is Lord. He is risen. Uh, he is everything to us. And um, we're just glad you're here with us today. Uh, as we continue to worship and continue to uh, move forward with our God and in our faith in those things. And uh, I hope and pray that you're staying safe and you're laying low and uh, you're staying uh, clean with lots and lots of disinfectant and, um, and that you're just keeping each other safe and clean and that we're reaching out to other people with our cell phones and text messaging and those things so that we're, we're staying connected with other people, our family, our friends, our neighbors, even though we can't like be together. So please be safe and please be smart. And uh, this will pass. There is light at the end of the tunnel. We will get through this. God will see us through. Okay. Uh, there's never been a mess or a disease or a sickness or an issue that God could not control. So he is over everything. He is Lord of all. Jesus has proven to be Savior and all authority over everything. So hang tough. Keep working. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep, keep being together as a family. Enjoy the time right now, right, uh, that you have, that we don't normally have, together with other people that we love the most. We're moving forward in our faith and we are in the book of Philippians, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time kind of getting into that. We've done that over the last few weeks, so I'm going to get right into this, okay? We're in Philippians chapter 2, and this is where we were when we left off last week. We're getting to uh, the heart of one of the greatest passages of Scripture in the Bible because it zooms in, it focuses such intense, intense focus on Jesus and who He is and and how much he loves us, and what he's done for you and for me, and, and that God cares, that he hasn't left us or abandoned us, but that he not only has sent his Holy Spirit to fill us and to live with us and to be with us until he returns, but he's given us Jesus to walk on the earth to show us how this life can be lived. And we're in this passage, and here's what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. It says this, in your relationships with one another, we, 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 were, we ended up with this, so we're going to just kind of take this and go with it, okay? So stay with me right here. In your relationships with one another, that's this way, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so if you're 
part of the BCC body, you were given a, an outline and we're moving through the things that Paul points out about these building blocks that God is building in our lives and in the Philippians' lives, the, those Christian people, and Paul is trying to build into them faith and strength and truth so that they can be like Jesus, okay? If you're following that um, outline, we're on point number 11, and point number 11 is simply this, he humbled himself to the point of death. Jesus humbled himself to death. That's the most extreme humility anyone could ever go, is that they would die for someone else. And that's what Jesus did for us. And uh, like, like Legos, God is building through Paul to the Philippians one truth on top of another truth on top of another truth so that in them their whole being from top to bottom is just filled with Jesus. That we are literally oozing Jesus when we live in this world and the way we respond to situations and things that happen and life as it unfolds. We are just full of Jesus. There's a lot of people in this world that are full of lots of things, but what God desires for you and me is that we be full of Him, that we be filled with Him, that, that we have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now talk about the greatest challenge ever. I don't, it doesn't matter what challenge anyone could ever lay out there for you to do. There's lots of challenges people lay on one another to do or to outdo. Having the same mind as Jesus Christ is the greatest challenge in life that we will ever, ever get the honor and the privilege to reach for, to run after, to chase. The mind of Jesus. So it's really important for us as we begin this to just think on this thought for a second. The mind of Christ. And, and, and for a minute, I'm going to pray with you and then we're going, to, we're going to dig into this passage. But for a minute, would you just please just take a minute with me and let's just let this thought sink deeper into our hearts, into our minds as we kind of forget about everything else going on in the world for a minute. Well, 20 minutes. And we just focus in on who Jesus is and how we can be more like him. So let's pray together. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. And we want God more than anything else in the world. All the treasures, all the gold, all the things that this world has to offer. Above everything else, God, we want you more than anything. Father, help us to develop in our life the truth of who you are in this scripture, who Jesus is, and what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives as he's, as he's working on us from the inside out, as you, through your word and through your Son and through the Spirit, are trying to change us, transform our minds, our thinking, our heart, our reactions, everything about us, God. You're working on us deep within so that it begins to produce in us and out of us this beautiful tree of Jesus that produces fruit not just from us, but to others. 
that the fruit that you will receive will be the lives of other people who see the beauty of Jesus growing and living in us. God, help us to have this mind that was also in Christ Jesus. Teach us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. The mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. Paul says, let this same mind, and what he's referring to is this attitude, the attitude of Jesus, or the thinking of Jesus. Like, let his thinking be my thinking. Let his reactions be what, how I react. Let the process and the foundation of ideas that come out of my head, that come out of my heart, that come out of my reactions. Like, if we react to things, right? We get snappy and we, we see things and we, we snap back or we, you know, somebody hits you, we're ready to hit them back. We're just built that way in a, in a worldly sense. And what we're trying to do is, is let our reactions and our thinking be in line with who Jesus is. Like, like where they come from in us, deep within us. Let that the, the power of the Holy Spirit would penetrate our lives so much that from deep within who we are, we would just, we would just respond like Jesus. See, it's a renovation of the mind. That's what God is wanting to do in your life and in my life because we're sinful people in and of ourselves. We're selfish. We think about me. We do things that are about us. We, we're not naturally concerned about everyone out there. We're more concerned about survival. And we're seeing that in the world right now. And we're going to see that more and more as people, people continue to look within themselves. What can I gain for me? What can I do for me? How can I take care of me? How can I hoard up toilet paper for me and mine, right? That's so, so basic in such a simple way that we're seeing that kind of attitude in the lives of people out in the world. That's not the attitude Jesus wants to have in us. In Romans chapter 12, the scripture says, Paul writes, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship, that we give ourselves to God, that we lay ourselves at his feet, that he's able to use us. That's worship. Singing songs is wonderful and great that we focus our mind and our heart on God. But true worship is how we live our lives, how God is able to use us to accomplish his will. He goes on to say, verse 2, do not conform, don't conform, don't let the world press you into its mold. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, don't be like the world, but, here it is, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will transform. God is wanting to transform our mind from something that it once was or is presently that isn't in line with who he is, his character, his qualities, his, his goodness, his truth, and he's trying to change our, the way we think and the way we behave and the way we act and all about us from, the, from deep within who we are. He's trying to change us from an earthly and worldly mindset to a godly one, to one that is like Jesus and we brought this up last week. I ended with this last week. 
It's an attitude of Christ that is not just on the surface or above ground, but it's one of Christ deep within who we are. Not just what people see, but what God sees. Like the roots of every thought and every attitude of our lives has to be rooted and, and fill full with Jesus, with the truth of who he is. So that as we live our lives, what's going on down here, deep within us, is what also comes out up here above the surface. God is more interested in what's below the surface. Because if he can transform us below the surface, then what results from that will be evident to all. You won't be able to help but ooze God on the outside if you are, you are drawing from God deep within every thought of who you are. This, this affects, this below the surface affects everything about you, your business, your job, your relationships, your view about God, who he is, what he's like, how he interacts with us, and what he expects from us, right? All, all of it is involved in this. The attitude of Jesus, this attitude of Jesus leaves no stone unturned. In other words, there's nothing about your life that God isn't concerned about. Everything about you, he wants you to work with him through the power of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Word of God to, to get everything in line with him. It leaves no thought. The attitude of Christ leaves no thought or motive or action unaccounted for. So when you have those thoughts that you know you shouldn't have, when you respond in ways that you know you shouldn't respond, those are thoughts and attitudes of your heart that are wild child, right? They're just out there doing their own thing. They're just, they're just coming out of you because they're in you. And what God is concerned about is that he is able, with your permission and your will turned over to him as you surrender to him, that he begins to transform that and change that about you. Right? That's what God is after. Every cell, every cell in us must line up with Jesus. See, that's, that's how we have the attitude of Christ. That's how we have the mind of Christ. By getting everything in us to line up with the word of God, with who he is with his love for you and his love for me. In Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is sharper and active, like a double-edged sword. It penetrates and divides even soul and spirit. The writer says it judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So the word of God, Jesus, in us, is trying to help us get every thought that we have in line with him. That every cell in us is in line with who he is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul says, We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. That's what we do. We take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. That's the goal of what we're striving for. And none of this is to gain salvation. Salvation, we know, is through the grace of God. It's a free gift of God. He's done that for us. That's our ticket in. Once we're saved by Christ, now what we want 
is the fruit of God to come out of our life. And so God is working with you on you. He's working with me on me. He's trying to help me whip my flesh into shape so that I can represent him on this earth in the right way so that the world will see God is alive and well in his people. That's why we do this. This is why we're, we're so intent on having this mind of Christ. This is why Paul says that we need to think like Jesus and act like Jesus and be like Jesus. So attitude. What is attitude? Attitude is a lot of things. But it's these two things at the very minimal. It's, it's, it's this, that we, one, we all have one. We all have an attitude, right? We all have one. You have it about a lot of things. About everything out there, you have an attitude about that. And number two, our attitude, here's the second truth, our attitude is not like his attitude, okay? We have a ways to go when it comes to our attitude. We hear coaches, right, if you play ball, from Little League to pros, college, whatever it is, you hear coaches push good attitude, right? Positive thinking. Visualize the success that you want to have and have a positive attitude as you go after that. We hear our parents say things like, change your attitude or I will, right? Like they say things like, do you need an attitude adjustment, right? And they have a tool. My parents, my dad had a tool that he used to give us an attitude adjustment and it was called, well, he had two of them. He had a belt and he had a wooden spoon and he wasn't afraid to use those things. And what they did was they helped me be more disciplined over time. I know what my brothers are thinking right now. But over time, they helped me learn to be disciplined and learn to say no and know when to stop and know when things were appropriate. And so we all have an attitude. Ours is not like Jesus, okay? A positive attitude, a positive attitude changes everything. There's a lot of smart people out there, right? And they say they've chimed in about this idea of attitude and what attitude is. If I asked you, what, what is attitude? You could write down what you think the definition or the meaning or what attitude is, is like in the world, in the real world. Somebody once said, a positive attitude changes everything. I like that, don't you? Uh, Anne Brashears said this about attitude. Your problem is not the problem. I like that. It's your attitude about the problem that's the problem. How true is that, right? A lot of times things happen to us. We can't control that. But how we respond, our attitude about that problem either is the, the, what will get us through it or what will stop us in our tracks. Your attitude about the problem is the problem. Okay, check that out. Albert Einstein said this, weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. Weakness of attitude and your mindset results in the weakness of your character. And when that begins to crumble, everything begins to crumble. Somebody once said, to be the best, you will need to handle the worst. I love that, right? Right? You don't get good by playing teams that are not as good as you. You don't get good by playing your little brothers. You get good by playing others who are better than you. Or when life gives you a big challenge and you face it head on, that's how you get better. Good attitude, it says, good attitude gives you power over your circumstances rather than your circumstances 
having power over you. Somebody once said that. That's what a good attitude is. It gives you the power over your situation, not let your situation overcome you. That's good truth for us today, right? I mean, there's a lot going on in our world. How are we going to respond to that? What are we going to do? Attitudes are contagious, someone once said. And then they asked, like, make yours worth catching, right? So they're contagious, so make sure yours is worth catching, your attitude, whatever it is that your attitude is. And if our attitude is coming from the throne of God, from the Word of God, then our attitude is moving in a good direction. Chuck Swindoll said this, life is 10%, 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. That's what it is. That's what attitude is. Attitude. Attitude is a manner of thinking. It's, 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 it involves your feelings. It involves uh, behaving the way you behave. Uh, or, and it reflects a state of mind or your disposition. That's what the textbook Webster's definition of attitude is. But attitude in the scriptures is that and more. Check this out. Attitude in the Bible has a lot to do with your posture. As much to do with your posture, your physical posture, as it does your thinking or your outlook. Biblical attitude is revealed in different ways in the Scripture. We see it in bowing. We see it in kneeling. We see it in people falling on their face before God. We see it toward royalty. We see it toward kings and people in high positions. This posturing of humility. But mostly, it's our attitude and our posture toward God. That's what biblical attitude encompasses. Not just the way we think and feel, but the posture of our very body, our being. For a believer... For a believer, attitude is about your outlook, and that has to do with your confidence, your joy, your allegiances to things in life, what's important to you, your values, and your approach to life as it is built on the foundation of God, who He is. And so, so attitude comes from, a healthy attitude comes from the foundation, the solid rock of God and everything about him and Jesus, and then it affects your outlook and your attitude and your vision and your joy and your confidence level, and that becomes the attitude you throw out there to the world. So attitude, it's about our mindset. It's about our outlook. It's about our frame of mind. It's about our mental our mental and physical posture, how we posture ourselves before God as we walk through life and handle the challenges that life's, life throws at us. And so we're going to wrap it up with this right here, this last passage. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul says, Being found in the appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. And so the ultimate expression of humility is that 
someone would lay down their lives for another. And in this case, as God is calling us and, and wanting us, desiring for us as people to follow him, as we look to the example of Jesus, and what we see when we look to the example of Jesus is a king who left his glory behind, who left his throne, who did not hold on to his godhood and his equality with the Father. He let go of it. He didn't cling to it. And he became one of us. He came, became a human being. And not only did he do that, but he washed our feet. He washed the feet of human beings. The king, the king of all creation, humbled himself to serve us and to give himself to the very point of death, even death on a cross. That is humility, that is sacrifice, and that, for you and me, is the mind of Christ. And Paul says to you and me today, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. Now, as you live your lives, as you go about the next week or two weeks in this world, as we deal with these issues that are coming at us, we see them on the TV, we're, we're kind of in quarantine at our homes and we're away from everyone, there's social distancing, all these things that are going on that, we, that are out of our control for the most part. But we're being asked to do that we have never been asked to do before. That the whole world seems to be on a form of lockdown. We, we are going to have an attitude about that. We are going to conduct ourselves in certain ways. And what Paul is saying and what God is saying to us that even in the midst of the storm, trust Jesus. Just keep your eyes on him. Let your attitude be the same attitude that he had because what you're going through or what you're enduring right now is not even close to what Jesus endured for you and me. To the point of death, even death on a cross, Jesus had the humblest attitude of all. And he calls us to have that attitude as well. Please be safe. Please continue to practice uh, this distancing and stay away from other people. Don't contaminate yourself and other people. Trust God. Let faith overcome any fear that you may be feeling, especially in the days to come as this moves into week three and four and five. Okay, we're going to get out of this, but it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough on people. Look around you. Encourage one another. Share hope. Share life with your friends. Father, we love you and we pray that you would just work in our hearts. Use us for your glory, God, even in our own homes, in our own spaces, with our cell phones and, and however we can. Help us to reach out and be a source of encouragement and a source of love to the people around us. God, we love you so much. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Next week is Easter, and we look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to have a special treat for you that uh, Sunday, and uh, may God bless you. Talk to you then.